And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Pastor Al Baker. He is in the Vanguard Presbytery. He's had a gospel ministry for over some 35 years or so. And uh, he's an evangelist with Reformed Evangelistic Fellowship. Uh, Pastor Al, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Thank you, Dan. It's always great to be with you, and I'm very thankful for your ministry. We wanted to talk about an article you recently put out, Pastor Al, titled The Dreadful Nature of Indwelling Sin. And um, it almost sounds like a scary article. (laughs) Some may not want to talk about this because sin is not a popular subject. Preaching on sin may not bring people to your church as readily as some other subjects. So where do we begin in talking about this dreadful nature of indwelling sin? Well, it is an unpleasant uh, <clears throat> topic, but it's all, as you mentioned, it's very, very important. And the, the articles I'm writing right now on, uh, on sin, original sin and dwelling sin and so forth, really is in the context of the glory of the gospel. Because once we really understand how dreadful we are in ourselves— And then when we hear of the beauty, the glory, the excellency of Jesus and the freedom, the forgiveness of our sins and and his ability by his grace to conquer our sins is is wonderful. And it's it's liberating to people. And so um, that's why that's the whole context of what I'm talking about. And um, original sin uh, comes from Adam. We know that uh, his his responsibility before the Father in the covenant of works was to obey God. If he had obeyed God, then we would have lived forever. Mm-hmm. But God told him that if you uh, you could eat of any tree of the garden, any except one, and if you eat of that, then you will surely die. And of course, we know the story. We know that he ate of the uh, forbidden fruit and. Um, God pronounced judgment on him, and because he is our father, um, we uh, we all have Adam's sin imputed to us. And Romans 5 speaks of that very clearly. Romans 5 also goes on to talk about, yes, uh, original sin, Adam's sin is imputed to us, but also Christ's righteousness is imputed mm. to us who believe. So um, it's very important, and, and original sin... Um, really works itself out in anybody's life as indwelling sin. It's something that every believer, every person ha- has to deal with. But believers are conscious of it. You know, when you're not when you're not a Christian, you're not really conscious of that much of your sin until the Holy Spirit begins to work on you. But when but the Christian, he just realizes this is always with him, and it will always be with us until. We reach glory, and then when we reach glory, according to Hebrews chapter 12, the righteous souls will be made perfect. Those who are righteous in Jesus, at that point, all of that indwelling sin, original sin, will be eradicated, done away with forever and ever. So that's our great hope. (laughs) That's a beautiful summary right up front. Um, Indwelling sin, as a believer, we know we have it, and we know that that the Lord is helping us overcome it. 
Um, what what about a, a gentleman or let's say anyone who really went too far and so far you know every, everything is too far with with God's standard but in terms of uh, the civil life where they went too far and now let's say they're incarcerated uh, they they've broken not only God's law but um, the civil government has recognized wow. Uh, you did something that is way beyond the pale. We we have no choice but to incarcerate you. Um, is there any hope for a person like that? Well, there certainly is, and I, I always uh, love to tell people, Jesus is in prison. Jesus is there, and God has his church all over the world, mm. and, and um, uh, he has his church in prison uh, because— um, what happens a lot of times is, you know, when when you are incarcerated, um, you know that you've broken not just the civil laws you mentioned, but you've broken God's law, and the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit can begin to use that. Um, and one of the one of the powerful things about um, the preaching of the gospel, and I love to read George Whitfield, the great 18th century evangelist, and he says. Um, that when the sinner is first awakened, then he begins to wonder, he begins to ask himself this question, how can I be so wicked? And that's, that, that's when you know that, that the Holy Spirit's beginning to work on you, when you say, wait a second, it's not, just, it's not just I've got a couple of bad problems here, it's not that I've got some issues, as we like to say, it's it's not like, oh, well, you know, my parents didn't do this or they didn't do that or my brother made me do it. You know, we, we realize all those things can be contributing factors to our sin. But when, when the Holy Spirit begins to work on someone, they say, I really am wicked. Yeah. I, am, I am undone. That's what Isaiah said, Isaiah 6. And, and it's really God's doing us an amazing favor when he convicts us of our sin. It's ugly, no doubt about it, but when we, once we begin to understand that, then the God can begin to do a great work on us. Yes. And, um, and I think it's so important that, that, we, that we understand that. Uh, in fact, to put it another way, Whitfield says that, that original, even if we didn't commit an actual sin, original sin would send us to hell. Yes. It's not that we, you know, it's just, that's how pervasive it is. An original sin or dwelling sin affects every aspect of our lives. It affects our thinking, it affects our speech, it affects our emotions, it affects our desires, it affects our actions. Everything is tainted by original sin and dwelling sin. And again, I would say to those who are incarcerated, or I would say to um, anyone listening here who's got some kind of an addiction, and by the way, most of us have struggled with some sort of an addiction at some point. It might be, you know, money. It might yes. be exercising too much, eating too much, drinking too much, whatever the case might be. We've all tended to be addicted to something, and the great hope is is that Christ can set us free. But I think it's important, Dan, that we really understand this indwelling sin is pervasive and there's nothing we can do in ourselves there's no moral change you know turning over new leaf you know 
willing to you know serve in a soup kitchen or uh, those sorts of things, which are not bad by the way. But none of none of our acts, none of our so-called righteous acts, can ever set us free. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He's the only mm. one. Amen. Well, today we're talking with Pastor Al Baker, and Pastor Al, um, you have spent many hours on the streets preaching the gospel of Christ, and I imagine it hasn't always been easy. Do do people sometimes mock you? Yes, they do. Um, uh, it just depends on the on the context. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of times, uh, if I'm at a a gay pride parade, for example, uh, there's there's a lot of hostility there, and and even if we're not speaking about the sin of homosexuality, I think a lot of these folks instinctively know that what they're doing is wrong, and so they uh, they just kind of kind of at us pretty strongly. Mm-hmm. But we see the same thing on college campuses. But uh, and again, we have to speak about sin. But what I really like to get to is I, I like to get. Once we've dealt with sin, I like to get to the glory of Jesus <laughs> and uh, and just just lift him up and um, and sometimes you have to get people's attention. So I like to ask questions uh, while I'm preaching. Um, and again, if I'm talking about original sin, for example, I'll ask questions like, "Why were six million Jews murdered by Hitler? And why did Paul Pot and the Khmer Rouge and?" Cambodia murder, you know, close to three million people, and mm. why does why does Jeffrey Dahmer why did he murder and then eat the flesh of those he murdered? And Ted Bundy murdered young women and dug up their bodies and had sex with them. I mean, these these are things that are beyond the pale yes. for most of us. And yet, then I ask the question: Okay, maybe you've not done any of these things, but what about your sinful tendencies? Mm-hmm. Do you do you lie? Do you seek revenge when somebody's wronged you? Do you hate your father and your mother? Do you use a girl and discard her? Or, um, if you're a man, why do you dress like a woman? And yes. if you're a woman, why do you have sex with another woman? And why can't you kick your porn habit? Or why can't why do you drink too much? And you know why do you sell or use illegal drugs? And why do you hate people of different ethnicities? And then I'll say. And why are you angry with me for telling you these things? (laughs) (laughs) And and then I'll say the reason is, is we're all infected with sin, every one of us. I said, look, I'm not preaching politics here. I don't care what your politics are. I'm not preaching morality. I'm not preaching hate. I'm just telling you what you know instinctively deep in your hearts. And then I want you to know that Jesus can set us free and, he can forgive us of all these horrible things that we've done and all these horrible tendencies we all have. Yes. And that's so I'll, I'd love to get to Jesus as, as, as soon as I can when I'm preaching, just to lift him up. Yes, amen. When a person is born again of the Spirit of God and they realize, wow, I've been a terrible sinner and uh, now I've trusted Christ. Now he has done a special work in my heart that I never thought possible. I wasn't even uh, attracted to him, but when I heard the word of God preached, I was drawn to Jesus. Um, can you describe that miraculous transaction that takes place? Yeah, it, 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 I think it's 
uh, it's very important that you you stressed just a moment ago when we're when we're born again because that's that's really the issue. Until that point, um, nothing's really going to work. And we've all had some religion, most of us at least. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have walked a church aisle. A lot of us have prayed a prayer, and nothing really happened with it. But when the Holy Spirit takes out the heart of stone that loves sin and hates God and gives us the heart of Jesus that Mm. loves God and hates sin, then everything changes. Now we have a new principle of life. We're actually, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, new creations in Christ. And he says in Titus 3 that... um, uh, we're born, he says in, in First Peter 1, I should say, we're born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And this being born again um, transforms everything. And Ezekiel 36 says that we now have the Holy Spirit indwelling us who gives us the power to overcome sin. Mm. Now, now, you know, Dan, we're not going to overcome it completely. We're going to battle sin in our lives every day that we live until Jesus takes us to heaven. Mm-hmm. But we still have the power to, to overcome it, though we battle it, and we can make progress in holiness. Nobody's perfect. I always say sometimes it feels like we're, you know, three steps forward and two steps backward, or <laughs> two steps forward and three steps backward. But when we're in Jesus Christ by the renewing work of the Holy Spirit, then we will make progress in holiness over a long period of time. And I tell people, uh, don't, be, don't be dismayed if you're a new believer and all of a sudden you have these sinful thoughts and these sinful desires that come in. Like, where did this come from? Mm. It's indwelling sin. It's indwelling sin. And then uh, John Owen, an old Puritan, used to say that the flesh, which is another manifestation of, of indwelling sin. The flesh is always acting. It's always corrupting. It's always tempting us. It's always seducing us. It never ends in this life. That's right. So we shouldn't, you know, so we shouldn't be surprised when we battle sin, but we will see progress because God has caused us to be born again. Yeah. As you're talking here, I brought up the listing of the Ten Commandments, and uh, we, we've broken these many times in our own lives. And we may say, well, I'm not a murderer, but in my heart, I've hated an individual. And right. that, that equates to murder. Um, or I've, um, I haven't committed adultery, but in my heart, I've lusted, and it's a very real sin. Or um, maybe, maybe I didn't really honor my mommy and daddy like I should have, even as younger or even older. Um, these, it's interesting that all ten of them, uh, at least eight of them, I think, as I count it quickly, you shall not, you shall not. But there's a couple of very positive, remember the Sabbath day, honor your father and mother. Um, God, as he converts our hearts, I think he gives us a want it may not be perfect. It gives us yeah. a want to now obey the moral law of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And um, uh, that's and, and again, we when we desire to obey, the obedience is not 
gaining us salvation. No, it's not. E- it's not even maintaining our salvation. <laughs> no, nope. our 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 good works, the the desire to obey, flows out of a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving right. to God. And um, again, uh, it's a battle. The rest of our lives, we uh, Paul says, we're to fight the good fight of faith, yes. we're to take hold of the eternal life to which we had called and made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So it's, uh, he says, do not, uh, uh, he says, uh, do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For this, the flesh sets its desires against the spirit, spirit against the flesh. Mm-hmm. These are in opposition to one another, so that you might do not do the things that you please. So, you know, it is a battle, but. Uh, but it flows, the, the desire to obey God, to walk in holiness, flows out of a heart of gratitude and, and humility. And Christians, ab- above all people, should be the most humble, because yes. we realize we don't have anything to offer God in ourselves. Zero, right. zilch, nada. And yet he's merciful, and he gives us what we need in Jesus. We have everything in him. And for those who are listening, who perhaps are really struggling right now in their own personal lives with, you know, maybe uh, they've lost their job or, you know, this uh, runaway inflation is really eating into your retirement or you're on a fixed income or whatever. And it's scary. It can be very scary at times. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on in our culture that that, uh, could cause us to be frightened. But we must have. To, we must always remember that uh, Jesus is with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us, and our great hope is in Him. And one day He will right all of the wrongs that have been done in this world, yes. that have been done to us as well. Yes. Today we're talking with Pastor Al Baker. Now, Pastor Al, you know what it's like to, um, even early in your life, uh, receive a call from the Lord to uh, Christian work. Um, do you feel like sharing any of that with our listeners today of what the Lord took you through? <laughs> yeah, well, I I, um, I, I played baseball in, in college at the University of Alabama, and I was converted my sophomore year there. And, uh, and I was drafted by the California Angels out of high school. I, I thought a while back I could maybe, I could have maybe been the catcher for Nolan Ryan when he through two no hitters in 1973 <laughs> and all that, but that wasn't God's plan. But um, but anyway, uh, I just after a couple of years, I, re- I remember I was in uh, after my last year of college baseball, I went on a tour of South America, Central America, I should say, to play on a college team of Christians, and we would travel around Nicaragua, Honduras, and Guatemala and play baseball games. Mm. This is about a five-week trip, and about two weeks into it, I said, you know, I'd rather go into the, into the stands and speak my limited Spanish and share Jesus with these people. <laughs> I, said to the coach, I said to the coach, look, I really don't want to play anymore. Can I just go into the stands and, and share Jesus with people? He said, yeah, go ahead. So that's what I did. Oh, my. And, and I just felt, I think at that point, I said, God, you want me to preach the gospel. That's what you want me to do. You knew it. You and just so, knew it. Yeah. 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 It was an inward <laughs> call. And uh, very interesting. And, and what's yeah, what's amazing about that is, I was, I was, and even after that, for a period of time, terrified in any manner of public speaking, mm. terrified of mm. it. And yet, so I'm always amazed that I can preach in front of people. I can 
pre- I've preached in front of 50,000 people before. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, where did this come from? Well, yes. God, you know, because he, he calls you. Yeah, he faithful is he who calls you and also will bring it to pass. And there may be people listening here, who men who really have a burden for souls. And it may be that God's calling you to preach. And if so, you know, you know, have them get in touch with me, Dan. I'd love to speak with them about yes. that if they're interested. Yes, that's good. How would they go about doing that, Pastor Al? Well, they could email me if they'd like. Uh, my email address is al.baker, that's lowercase, al.baker1952. Oh, people say, that's your when you were born, right? I said, yeah, that's when I was born. <laughs> Al. <laughs> al.baker1952 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from folks. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, how does your wife put up with all this? Can I just be that bold and ask you that? <laughs> <laughs> She's an amazing woman, let me tell you. Yeah. yeah. Well, early on, uh, you know, we knew that God was, was calling us uh, into the ministry and you know, I was an, I was a pastor for many years, but I, even during that time, I was doing a lot of traveling overseas, uh, doing uh, evangelistic work in Africa and India and various places. And um, God just gave her the grace to, um, you know, be at be at home with uh, our three sons. I remember one time we were I was in South Africa and Af- in uh, Uganda for five weeks. That's an awful oh, long my. time to be away. And Dan, back then we didn't have any money. I, it, it was amazing. I don't know how we got through it. I honestly don't know. But it was God, obviously. But but we got through it. And um, but and back then there was no cell phones. I mean, she had no idea where I was. I was gone for five weeks. There was no phone communication. Oh my, zero. No emails. Nothing. And back, you know, you had to trust the Lord and. You know, our kids were little, and you know, we had broken down cars, and you know, she'd take our kids on a, a trip to play a baseball game, and the car would break down, and she said to Olson, "Okay, son, you, you need to pray." And literally, thirty seconds later, a good old boy from North Georgia showed up in his pickup truck and <laughs> said, "You got a problem here?" He goes, "Yes, sir, I do." He goes, "Well, I'm a mechanic. Let's see what I can do." <laughs> That's so a beautiful thing. Like, I mean, we've got all kind of stories like that. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's uh, evident that she is your helpmeet, that God has placed you two together, and she helps yeah. you, you help her, and yeah. uh, it's, a, right. it's a testimony to the grace of God in Christ. Uh, today we're talking with Pastor Al Baker, and uh, initially we started talking about indwelling sin, and Al, you were talking about original sin um, that sometimes offends people. They they think, oh, oh, you know, God has allowed this, or God has ordained it, or whatever. Um, how do people deal with this when they first hear the fact of original sin? It it it, it must be shocking sometimes. It might be, but again, you see it. You see this illustrated <laughs> throughout culture in so many different ways. For example. Um, you know, we're about to come up on an election in a couple of weeks, and uh, we're going to elect congressmen and senators to go to Washington, D.C., and of course, there's state elections as well. And we're going to elect these men or women to go to Washington, and they're going to represent us. Yeah. And they're going to vote for bills 
some which we like, some that we don't like. And these bills that are passed affect all of us, whether we like it or not. That's the way they are our representatives. And Adam was our representative before God. Mm -hmm. If he had obeyed, we would have been in great shape for eternity. (laughs) But he did not obey. And so the consequences of his sin affect us because we're all, as Hebrews says, from the loins of Adam. He is our father. And um, and by the way, that's another reason why uh, racism is so hideous, because we have, there is one race, uh, uh, Acts 17 says, Paul says, and, we're, and our father, no matter what our ethnicity might be, yes. is Adam. And so we've, we're all in the same boat, all in the same boat, and Jesus is the only one who can set us free from that, that situation. Amen. That's a nice summary. I want to thank you very much, Pastor Al Baker, for joining us today. And um, when we write this up on the website, um, we'll include your email address if someone uh, needs to contact you. I know you're very busy, but um, like we say here at the station, we'll get to <laughs> we'll get to your email. And if for some reason we've overlooked, just send it again. <laughs> we'll see it. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, sounds great. Maybe sometimes you get overwhelmed. Uh, Pastor Al Baker, um, thank you very much for fitting us in today, and give our love to your wife, and uh, may God bless you as you continue to serve him. Thank you, Dan. It's always a pleasure. God bless you as well. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.